Ah, oh, Nambucca Heads, probably, it's a gemstone. It is absolutely beautiful part of northern New South Wales. It is a magical place, the V-Wall down there, fishing from the yeah, rocks Yeah, well, we're going to hear all about it. Oh, no, I can't help myself. I oh, know. Well, you can tell us all about it. I just want to tell people, a little later on the show, we are going across the ditch. Uh, seventh state of Australia yes. to New Zealand, the North Island, the Coromandel, and Baz oh. over there, he loves his snapper fishing. But all things don't always work out as planned. We'll check the Baz later on, but Herbert, rightio, tell us about Nam Buckerheads. Well, usually we talk about a fish or something like that, but I had the uh, experience not that long ago to travel to Nam Buckerheads, so I'm going to talk destination today. Now, what a place. State of the Ingenia Caravan Park down on the V Wall. Uh, you, can, you don't need a boat. I took a few rods. Yep. I was fishing off the rocks. Taylor, Jew, you know, which ain't a far walk from the van park. You fish off the wall for Jew, Flathead, Taylor, Brim, Whiting. There's a nice little swimming spot around the corner. Uh, absolute magic place. You can take a boat if you want. They've got places where you can accommodate now, that. For those people who are from different parts of Australia or the world, where exactly is Nambucca Heads? Nambucca Heads, probably about an hour just south of Coffs Harbour, north New South Wales. Um, absolute magnificent place. Uh, I, 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 I rate it very highly with top destinations, especially for comfortability, for fishing access from feet. So walk to wherever you want to fish. Yep. Uh, and of course the V wall tavern. Oh, now we're talking. Right next door to the Ingenia Holiday Park. They've got good cold beer overlooking the beautiful Nambucca River. I mean, and, and the bar. So th- this is, uh, it's just a place where you can take the family and kids. There's a little lake for them to swim in, which is away from all the bitey things. Yep. Um, they've got, you know, pools and swings and all that for the little young ones. Uh, the old man, he can go for a walk along the wall, chuck a placo, uh, a few poppers or a few spinners off the wall, you know, try for a tarler, a few flatties. I got a nice flatty off the wall down there on a little placo. Did you? Yeah, chucking out the knob gobbler, just dicking it down there, down the bottom, you know, getting it along the bottom, the yeah, little yeah. nice little lizard. Did you, did you make sure you uh, made it look like it fought so everyone got around you and oh. said, oh, what's happening, what's happening? First thing I did since I hooked up, looked around, who's looking, who's watching? <laughs> Whenever I go down there, I, I try and find a few fish and I fill up my bucket and say, no, I've had a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've dear. had a cracking day. There. I used to do that too. I, well, I was down there having a swim. I had a few prawns. He's got some prawns from the local bloke, you know. Yeah. We're down there just next to the V-Wall Tavern, right next to Ingenia Holiday Park. There's a beautiful little bay having a swim. I filled up my pockets with prawns, right? Yeah. There's all people swimming. And I'm, as I'm swimming through all the crowd and that, I went, gee, what's that? Oh, dove in. Dove right down to the bottom. As I come up, I come up with a prawn in my mouth. <laughs> I pull it out of my pocket, right? So I've come up there all looking at me. Oh, and I pull it out. So I just caught this prawn. And I ripped the head off and start eating it. <laughs> Well, these people think, oh, look at this bird. What's he doing? So they're trying to look for these prawns to catch. It's starting to sound like Caddyshack, the movie, <laughs> when he's got the polywaffle in the swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> I think I dove down and grabbed about seven prawns. All these people think, this guy's unreal. He's catching prawns and eating them straight out of the water. What a legend. Oh. But a great destination. Good cold beer at the V-Wall Tavern. Beautiful people. 
uh, Ingenia Holiday Park was fantastic. Well, we talk about the um, the Holiday Park because a lot of people, you know, do want to sit there and travel and, you yeah. know, caravan and camp or yep. got the units. So yep. got a little bit of everything. But yep. the main thing is it's got access to everything. Is there, like, do you go outside? Is it rivers? What, what, where do you fish? Well, the, the Ingenia Holiday Park is based right on the entrance to the Nambucca River, right on the wall next to the V wall. So you walk out, well, we walk straight off the cabin. Yep. And a short walk across the grass, and we were right on the wall to Nambucca River, okay. overlooking the ocean. The walk from there to the wall is literally three minutes. Then you walk out the end of the wall, cross a little beach, and you're out on the rocky headland. So you can go rock fishing. And okay. that walk probably took about 12 minutes from okay. your cabin. Is there a lot of locals there that fish? Yeah, there is. But you don't see them. You know, locals with fishing, you know, some fishermen, they hate sharing things. Oh, you know, yeah. they, they just, they keep everything so close to their chest. I'm a bit different. If I catch a fish, I want to tell that bloke, the next bloke I'm talking to, where I got it. Yeah. I'll even pull it up on the map and show him, right there, I got it, right there. This is what I was using. But yeah, look, the locals are very nice. Um, I mean, I didn't have a problem with them. There are a lot of fishermen there, but it is a very quiet waterway. Yeah. When you're used to the likes of Sydney Harbour, the Gold Coast, Brisbane River, uh, you know, all these very busy ports, Melbourne, whatnot, uh, it, it's a very, it's a hideaway spider. Is it? Is it one of those places that will grow over the next five or ten years? We're looking at people going more regional. It's only five hours above Sydney. I just had a look. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not far. Um, yes and no. I think it has the potential to go that way, but I don't know. Uh, with growth in places, I think they all stick to the cities. The city slickers, aren't they? Yeah, I'd yeah. love to live in a place like that. Would you? Yeah. Hands down. Okay, where would you prefer Nambucca Heads, which is five hours above Sydney? Yep. Or uh, 1770, which is around about six, seven hours above Brisbane? 1770. Really? Hands down. Because you've got the bunker group, so you've got the start of the Great Barrier Reef oh, from yep. 1770, which is accessible up to about 50 kilometres to Lady Musgrave, straight out from 1770. Terrible bar, but they don't get a lot of swell there. But you've got all that exciting stuff, adventures just out from beyond you. Nambucca, on the other hand, is totally different where it's a quiet little bush town, Yeah, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It's very quiet. It's still got great fishing. Spanish mackerel, marlin throughout the summer months. You've got your big dew in the winter. You've got your tailor throughout the winter. You've got your brim, your flathead, your whitey. Yeah, it's amazing. But 1770 is neck level. Could you live on an island? Near 1770. Just have your own island. Definitely. Right here. Definitely. If I had the boat and the fuel drop off every week, I'd eat cold trout every day and red throat and craze, and I would live on an island. I wouldn't even need a clothes shop. I wouldn't wear any. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I'd go a la natural spider. <laughs> and you know if someone broke down, they would see that and they'd go, oh, well, I'm happy to. I'm happy to. Yeah, we aren't after <laughs> him. I'm happy to row back. <laughs> Well, Herbie, we're catching up with a, uh, a listener who loves uh, the podcast. He's a Kiwi too, lives in New Zealand, down on the Coromandel, and he's got probably 50% like you. Yeah. Okay? So he loves two things in life. Yep. You love two things in life. Yes. Fishing and Great Northern. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's joining. Baz is joining us right now. He loves his fishing, but Bundy. So he's, oh, he's, oh, even better. I had a Bundy last night. Don't you worry. 
It's a photo finish, but hey, Baz, thanks for joining us on the Anglers. Hey, can you talk to Herb about fishing the Coromandel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. G'day. Um, it's a nice day up here at the moment. The boys have gone up to the uh, the mussel farms this morning, actually, to have a get the bin full up there, which is about an hour and a half drive from here, I suppose. And they're, uh, I got a call from them before. They're not doing too well at the moment, so anyway. Bit quiet. Um, yeah, yeah, a bit quiet up there, so... There's a bit of a bit of a little wind at the moment, sort of southwesterly. But yeah, she's a bit ugly out the front, so mm, so they decide to go up there. I mean, they get some good fish out here. Yeah, big going out. Big snapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been getting a few good ones. We've got um well, we've got a certain spot out on the worm beds that we go to. We've been picking up a we usually sort of mid winter you go out there and you get uh, some good sort of 20 pounders out there, sort of between 15 and 20 pounders, you could go out there and, and get a bin full in, in 20 minutes. And, um, really? So that's always a good bit of fun, but yeah, but uh, you tend to lose a bit of gear on it, like not not fishing gear, your anchors and shit like that, they get caught up on the rubble and the, the other debris on the bottom where the fish swim amongst. Yeah, right. But, um, so it's a fairly uh, fairly expensive trip when you start losing an anchor and all your warp and stuff like that. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's what's been happening out here. It's been pretty good. Yeah, that's good. I always hear about it. Like, we've got probably half the population living over here of uh, of New Zealanders, and they always tell me how good the snapper fishing over is over there in the Coromandel, all the muscle beds and that, 20 pounders in half an hour. I mean, it, you do have probably the best snapper fishing destination in the world. But I want to know one thing, Baz, and you might be able to help me on this. Why do your mm-hmm. snapper not have a big hump on their head and ours do? Yeah, I don't know. I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess they're not eating as much shellfish. You do get the like the knobbies over in, on the um, on the muscle beds in the in the Coromandel, like the further Thames you get them. But um, but I think it's what they break the shellfish open with, eh? I don't know. They smack I their head against the, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, might, they so might be married ones and just smack their head against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Just permanently doing it, yeah. Oh, dear. Because <laughs> hey, you, you can launch off the beach in Waihee, you go out. Um, do yep. you only ever really go for snapper or what What are some of the other fish you, you kind of target? And have you got a problem with sharks there? Yeah, well, yeah it's pretty good fishing around here, really, because it's not that far. We go to the Mare Island, it's, uh, it's 30 k's out. And then beyond that, it's, there's a whole lot, it gets quite deep out behind the mirror. And so there's a lot of pinnacles and deep water. And you can, you know, there's um, swordfish. If you want to go sword fishing, you can go to, you know, it's um, it's it's a bit of a bit of everything around here. You know, like in, in the summertime, we um, go out and just cruise up and down for marlin. There's plenty of marlin get caught around here. Um, there's been, just had quite a few bluefin go past. So... Uh, a few of the lads have been out there getting chased in the bluefin, which is, it's a bit of a trek from here, but sort of um, you go out between sort of Mare Island, White Island, sort of take a trek down the middle of that, and then you go out about a hundred clicks, and there's um, that the uh, the bluefin go past there. But there's um, and there's been quite a few nice fish caught, you know, this winter out That's... there. So it's um, but a bit of everything, go, okay? You know, there's kingfish, kingfish big, in the harbour, big and, kingfish. Big kingies, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then these days, mongrel, great whites that we uh, 
think of they they like the Australians and come over and see the Kiwis. So <laughs> really, yeah. So you're yeah, getting yeah. a few big whites hunting around at the moment, are you? Yeah, yeah. They've been uh, they've been fairly prevalent in the area for a while. There's a there's a local well, one of the local guys who's actually from Tyro, I think, and he's a uh, a shark expert. He's got them all. He's been tagging them. So he whips a tag into them, a satellite tag, and you can track them. He's got a map that you can see where these things are, but you're getting it about three days after where they've been. But they hang around the beach, and then they, you know, one goes up north, one's been right up past, um, goes up the end of Coromandel, right up to, up to the um, Hohora Harbour up there, up around the top of Cape Rianga, down the end of Ninety Mile Beach, and comes back again, you know, and, and it's... Um, so it's quite good when they're over there, but it's three days behind, so you don't know how fast they're going to swim back here. So it's, yeah, uh, it's a great app, though. It's a great idea yeah. because you're able to see the movements of some of the great whites. It's yeah. fascinating yeah, how much yeah. distance they cover. Yeah. Yeah, but there's some there's some big ones there, eh? We've been fishing in the, a fish in the harbour there oh, right at the beginning of winter, and, um, you know, there's had one come up beside the boat, and it's, holy shit, I've got a dog. I take me dog fishing with me, eh? And he's a, he's a black lab staffy cross, and he's got his head over the side. He gets all excited seeing someone can visit it. But man, he's <laughs> massive. Eh? They just, and they and he grabs a burly pot, you know, and you get oh. your burly dribbling out the back, comes up and gives him a shake, just about capsizes the boat. Oh, so dear. it's um yeah, it's uh but they yeah they they tend to tax a bit of your fish, but it's um it's usually not too much of a worry. You know, you usually still end up getting a fee. They sort of hang around for a bit and then bugger off, so, or you bugger off to somewhere else. So, yeah, but it's um, but it, they just hang, they hang around. It's like mainly in the harbour, and and I I fish mainly outside the harbour. Yeah, either up up the coast and close, or you know, there's a few spots as you go out, just on, on the sand and the worm beds and the yeah. and different little routes around the place. So, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And and yeah. Baz, as you know, and I know, I've seen it firsthand. When you see a great white that's over 17, 18 foot come up beside your oh, boat, no. it really puts you into perspective, doesn't it, mate? When you're looking at that thing, it's got eyes as round as dinner plates. Its eyes are about three foot apart from each other. You yeah. go, this is a big fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, we haven't had any that big down here, but... um. Yeah, it's they're certainly you know they're pretty intimidating, eh? Oh yeah. yeah. Hey Baz, so, do you do you consider yourselves a cheat when you use a long line? Is a good um, question. Um, it's more of an insurance policy, really. I, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask this. So, do you use them? Do you use long line predominantly for your snapper, or are you using conventional rod and reel and float lining and and fishing the bottom? What's your favourite way? What do you get more out of? Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a string fisherman. I, I I've got a long line. I've had one. And um, but, but it sits in my shed. They're a pain in the ass when you go out there, and you've got to go and get them. But yeah. the worst thing is when you go out and you get onto the fish, you get a you get a bin full of fish, and you go, "Holy shit, we've got all these ones. We've got them." And what do you do with them? You know, hopefully there's a boat beside you that's not catching anything. You can go and shovel them off to him, but because you can't bring them back in, the fisheries come. You know, you come in with a long line, and you've got too many fish. There goes your boat, your car, your trailer, your your bank account, and um, yeah. And, that, and everything else that goes with it. That's so, a good point, Baz, because like, like you say, you can't really pick off the fish you want because you've got a line sitting out there that's a couple of k's long, you know, 50 hooks, 20 hooks, whatever you like. 
If you've got yeah, your bag yeah. limit in the first five, yeah. ten hooks and you're getting yeah. more, it's a wasted commodity, isn't it? So would you call oh, it cheating or would you just call it a bit greedy maybe? Yeah, but it's you're looking at it the other way. You know, you go out there, you go and set your long lines. You know, you're only allowed 25 hooks on your long line. You're allowed to, actually, you're allowed to set two of them here if you want. It's got to be two separate long lines, so you can set 50 hooks if you want. Wow. Jeez. And, and um and then you go out and you can you know you go and go out and have a fish and get nothing and you come back and you might have half a dozen on your long lines or a dozen on your, and then you go shit yeah this long line is unreal yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's, um because you don't look like a wanker when you go back and you've got no fish so it's um yeah yeah uh, so it's, uh, yeah that's pretty, it's, it's yeah I don't I haven't I haven't set mine for for quite some time because it's it's the fishing's been really good. Yeah. And um as far as they say, you know, over here the water's pretty cold at the moment, it's down to about sort of twelve, eleven, twelve degrees. Oh jeez. Yeah, so you, you don't want to be getting in the woods, you end up with three Adam's apples and it's like <laughs> it's, um it's, it's too it's too much though. So, yeah. Uh... So, but the fishing's still good. Everyone says, Oh no, the fish the fish go away for winter, will they? Bullshit because they, it's just too cold. So too cold for the fishermen to go out. But Where, um, what's your favourite fish to, to eat? You know, what do you love catching and then putting on the plate and how do you cook it? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm definitely snapper. Yeah, oh, I love snapper. we got, um, yeah, I just like, actually, uh, it's funny, I actually quite like it. I take it home and fill it up and then um, I'm quite partial to sticking it on the dinner plate, just flat on the dinner plate after filleting it and then put a knob of butter on it, cover it with, uh, with glad wrap it and stick it in the uh, microwave oven for two minutes. No. Once the plastic, yeah, no shit. Once the plastic <laughs> melts off it, 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 once the plastic melts away, then the fish is ready and it's delicious. So, yeah. And, what? Um, you microwave? No. <laughs> I can't believe this is not on. No way. You microwave a whole fillet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah stick it in. Eh? You know, put a couple of fillets in. Probably a minute and minute forty, maybe. Yeah, and then, but the the trick is, uh, it sounds it sounds manky, eh? When you go, oh yeah, cover it up with glad wrap, and then when the glad wrap melts off it, you eat it. But it's um, <laughs> it's that's that's the go, and um, you know, plenty of butter and salt and pepper and shit. It's unreal. It's quick, quick, easy feed. No mess, you know. You you eat off eating eating your fish off what you cook it on. So you know, I'm a single man. I'm just I got me and my boys live with me, and uh, so she's uh, the less this is this is the better for us around here. So. Wow, I've never heard oh, anything like that. Is it. the best recipe I've heard yeah, so far. Quick and simple. <laughs> um, I, tell you, I tell you what, you want to try it, eh? Because it's, it's I thought nah, because when I was, when I was talking about it, nah, it goes rubbery, but it don't. It don't go rubbery. You just make sure you put that glad wrap over it, and then. Uh, when, she's, when the glad wrap melts off it, it sort of melts to the side. It doesn't melt on the foot. Yeah, yeah, I know and, the one. Uh, it's good, eh? I'll be trying it. Don't you worry. This yeah. is why yeah. we ask people this because usually you get, oh, you know, I put it in a curry or I do this. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, not bad. Yeah. So he shoves it in the microwave and waits till the For plastic 90 melts seconds. off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, That's 90, next level. 90 second meal, mate. Hey, Baz, thanks very much. Uh, we love it. Yeah, fellas, mate. Cheers, thanks, Baz. Thank Speak to you soon. Take it easy. Well, Herb, we know there's hundreds and hundreds of different fishing comps around Australia. They're, Huge. They're fantastic to be a part of, and yep. a lot of them now 
are family based. Yes, and which is which is great. But yep. you can get them outside, inside the lakes, the rivers, everywhere you go. There's a fishing comp, and they continue to grow and get bigger and bigger. Oh, definitely. And they bring they bring communities together. They bring families together. Uh, you can do it with your mates, your misses. It, it's something that um, you know. We had the girls uh, that, that Tino. Drove, yeah, they Tracy. drove all the way over to WA from Adelaide. Just um, a girl. Just a girl fish, and it was all chicks, and they went in comps. I mean, there's so many different types of comps. There's there's brim comps, there's flathead comps. We've got the biggest one here in Queensland, South East Queensland, the Flathead Classic. Um, you know, they've got tailor comps. We've got comps up north the in the Den- reef. Uh, the Denny family one's a massive one as well. Denny family one, the, the Tenham, Boyne Tenham hookup, oh, that's yeah, another gonna, big comp. Well, we're going to fish that next year. Yes, I look forward to that. And that's new ground, so it's going to take me a lot of studying. And, and that's one thing when you are travelling to to go to new comps and, and go in them if, if you're that way inclined. I mean, take, for instance, the Flathead Classic. It's just been held here in uh, southeast Queensland on the Gold Coast. It's a catch and release comp, and these are the stats that okay. come out this of a is comp. Held, this is held every year in September. That's correct. Around September school holidays, I actually think it is. Yeah, it is around the fi- grand final of the football and, and whatnot. And they do it. They do it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yes. So there's not hundreds and hundreds of boats out there on a Saturday, which could make it mayhem because the Gold Coast and its weather would put it would make everything a circus. So they're actually looking after the waterways. Oh, definitely. And with 300 teams out there on the water, all vowing for as many flathead as they can get, um, you know, it does become quite hectic. The Broadwater is a very big body of water, but yeah. you know, they they do the right thing and hold this comp on a weekdays when most people are at work. Now, we want to look at stats for comps like this. This is a catch-and-release comp. I think it's fantastic. Runs on a point system. So even if it's catch-and-release, can you keep a couple if you wanted to have something to eat? No, I don't think you can in this comp. So they, okay. they encourage catch-and-release. So it is, it is virtually this comp is a study of the broadwater flathead system. So this is a comp that gives us statistics, it gives us lengths, it gives us overall. So let's start off with this. For instance, this year... Flathead court, 6,699 flathead. That's correct. How many? 6,699 flathead. Couldn't they catch one more to make it 6,7? Surely you would think so. When you look at... So 6,600 flathead. How many of those would have been caught twice? Um, Maybe a couple. Flathead, uh, when they're feeding, they're feeding. And, you know, I've caught them with a lure hanging out of their mouth. So they haven't eaten that that long ago because them hooks would rust out and that lure would fall out. So this is a big thing. Maybe some of them fish are caught twice, but yeah. I think we've just got a very good flathead fishery. Yeah, gee, you know? that's, that's good. In three days, this is. This is in three days, two, yeah. two and a half days roughly. You know, I mean, the total length of that flathead was 257,656 centimetres. Holy Jesus. So that's how long 6,699 flathead are. Uh, I mean, you can go into the other species, and these aren't in the comp, but they take everything into grass. Mangrove Jack, there were three caught for 97 centimetres. Mulloway, there were 10 caught for 558 centimetres. Taylor, 17 for 514 centimetres. Trevally, there were 32 Trevally can caught. I, can I just... Is this a stupid question? Yeah, go on. Like, are the rigs completely different? on targeting different fish? Because that's not many fish. You know I mean? If you're going for flathead, okay, and you've caught 6,700 flathead, but realistically there's probably, what, 50 other fish caught, that's it. Yeah. That's not bad. So is it 
they just don't like the lures or it's just a different type? Like I think it's different depths. Here, here in our comfort flat, especially in the broad water, they love to hang around the shallow waters. That flat, Big flathead will go into deep water and spawn and that's where you'll catch your other species like your Jew, uh, your Trevally and whatnot. But generally up in the shallows from three to six feet of water on a high tide, your main target is flathead. You'll get the odd brim. Uh, you may get the odd tailor. Yes, flathead lures, placos and hard bodies will work on other species. Like I've caught a 80 centimetre trevally trawling for flathead on light line on a pig lure. So yeah. there are bycatchers, in, but there are bycatchers in any form of fishing spider. Okay. If I'm fishing for dew in the seaway or whatever, uh, you're liable to catch big shovel nose, you're liable to catch cod, you catch jacks. So in comps like this, they do... Uh, respect these other catches, obviously, because this is a study. Yeah, yeah. So it tells us how many of, of what species, but the main target is flathead. So okay. everyone is working towards that metre plus flathead. Do you prefer a comp that targets like the flathead classic? Like Wyala used to have the big red. It was a snapper comp. Yes. Or do you like the comps where it's open season and you can catch anything? Um, yeah, I've been in a couple of them, like the King of the Pin that's held at Jacob's Well. That's got five species on it. So this is a comp that's held differently. It's a catch and kill comp, which I think is a bit strange in this day and age with the bag limits. I think a lot of comps are going away from that though, aren't they? A lot of them are. And I think this is the best thing to do. I mean, when you've got three, four hundred, five hundred people all killing fish just to get one bigger than the last, that's not a very viable or sustainable uh, competition to I, hold. I remember... Going to a comp once, and I can't remember where it was, but yeah, it was awesome to see. You know, you saw people bringing their fish in by Woolborough, by by yeah. trailer, which is which is great. But and they they froze it all, and they fill it all for free, and they gave it away to all the um the elderly um the retirement the villages yeah, in the community, yeah. which was great. But yeah, I kind of sit there and go, it's a lot of waste too. Yeah, definitely. If the fish is going to get used, I mean, yeah, fair enough. But I think a lot of it comes into the greed factor of, I've caught the biggest fish, I've won the money, I don't care about my fish now, where are they going to, you know, they walk away from it. I'm not really into that sort of stuff, and this is why the Flathead Classic is very good, because it's not only a fishing comp, everything goes back, it's a study. Every fish goes back which gives us a study into how many big fish are in the area, obviously of what's caught, yep. how many medium-sized keeper fish are in the area and how many small fish are in the what area. What was the biggest one caught, do you know? 92 centimetres by Danny Sands, who we interviewed just the other week. Oh, yeah, yeah. He got right. the biggest fish of the comp at 92 centimetres. Now, he said the fishing was pretty hard going. It is a great week, isn't it? When you go and actually grab a couple of mates or your kids or your wife or whatever it is and go away and fish a comp, if you're both interested in fishing, you can't get a better weekend away. I mean, it's a holiday, isn't it? Some people come from far, far away to fish comps like this, like the Bourne Tenham, like the Flathead Classic, you know, um, and it, they're staying there for a week. It's a four-day event. The first night you go there for all your show bags yeah. and, and dinner and whatnot. Making sure you don't overcook the chook with excitement. That's, that's a bit the hard. hardest. That's that, the hardest thing. If you can control that in a fishing comp, you're going pretty good straight off the bat because I can't. No. I get drunk with anticipation. I'm pumped. I'm looking at lures the night before. What should I change? I haven't even put them in the water yet. But you're too excited. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, I mean, <clears throat> all in all, it is it is a great thing to go away, to plan, to do with your family, with your mates, with your missus, whatever you prefer.
And they are a fantastic event. Yeah. Well, make sure you do follow us up on our socials because we're going to put up all the different events over the year and uh, we're going to continue to try and get to a few as well. So it's going to be an absolute cracker when we get there. We'll take one out one day. Oh, I mean, look, where, where are we going next? We're going to the Bourne Tenham next year. Yeah. We're going to be up there. I'll be playing a few tunes. We'll be talking up on stage. We're going to fish it too. I'm going to get this big daddy long legs here, spider Everett, <laughs> out in my little titty. Absolutely. And we're going to hunt for a barrel or a jack or whatever we can get our hands on. And we're going to fish that comp as hard as we can, estuary style. Absolutely. And we're going to take it out too. We're going to do our best, Spider. <laughs> it's going to be the grand final of all grand finals. So, yeah, look, fishing comps around Australia, they're fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Join us next week, and it's going to be our last one for the Series 1. We're going to wrap up Series 1 at the end of next week. So, But we are going to chat with Steve, another angler overseas as well. So make sure you join us then. Yep, stay safe on the water. Over. Over.